All right, well, if you've got your Bibles, we'll be opening up to John chapter number 6. The Gospel of John chapter 6. Boy, I love studying some of the things that Jesus taught and the things that He did, the miracles He performed. You know, tonight we're going to look at a lesson that Jesus taught. And this is something that I will say is, is a little bit interesting. It's amazing that all the things that Jesus does, and so many times when He teaches something and He, uh, he has a lesson He wants to give, He spins it. He takes something that, that everyone's thinking this way, and then he just kind of flips it upside down and makes you think something totally different. And tonight, Jesus, we're going to see something that he said that when you read it, it's almost like, it's almost like he belittles one of his own miracles. It's almost like he does this miracle to, to show everyone his power. And then he takes the very same thing that he did and shows them how they're thinking about it all wrong. So we're going to look at John chapter number 6, and we're going to be looking at verse number 22. Uh, while you're turning there, I'll tell you what's been happening as we lead up to it. If you remember, a few weeks back, we talked about how Jesus fed the 5,000 people. How they were there, they were hungry, He had been preaching to them, and how He fed them. Just a couple loaves, a few pieces of bread, a few pieces of fish. And, and with that little bit of food, He fed thousands of people. And then after that, we know that they got on a boat and they started to cross over to the other side of the sea where they were. And while they were crossing over, that's when Peter, that's when he looked out and they saw, they saw Jesus walking to them. And they thought it was a ghost and it scared them. And we learned that fear is the opposite of faith. You know, whenever we get to be afraid, that's because we're losing our faith. Faith will take away our fear. So now here they are on the other side of the shore. They've gotten to the other side and it's the next day. So what happened the next day after all these people had just been fed by the hand of Jesus? And now we're opening up John chapter 6, uh, verse number 22. And we'll see what Jesus says to these folks uh, that, that have showed up after the next day. The day following... When the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there, save the one whereunto his disciples were entered, and that Jesus went not with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone. Howbeit there came other boats from Tiberias nigh unto the place where they did eat bread after that the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, Neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. And when they had found him the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? And Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled." Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Our Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand this all-important truth tonight of why we seek after you, why we serve you, why we want to honor you. And Lord, we realize there's, there's a lot of different ways to look at the same truth but help us to understand our motives tonight and to keep ourselves in check as we want to honor and serve you. We love you, Jesus, and it's in your name. Amen. 
Well, here's what we've just seen. So if you caught it, remember the the first thing that happened after they had finished up feeding the 5,000 people, they collected all the extra food and then they, uh, they collected 12 baskets extra. And then after they took the baskets up, uh, Jesus, he departed away to pray and he sent the disciples on out into the boat. He said, disciples, you know, you're going to go ahead ahead of me. I'm going to be alone for a little while. And everyone knew about the disciples boat leaving, but they never actually saw where Jesus went. So they were looking around the next day and they were trying to find where Jesus was, which we know Jesus, he walked across to find them out on the boat. And so he got over there and they knew the disciples were over. So all the people that had just eaten, right, the 5,000 people that just saw him break the bread and break the fish and he fed them, they were looking around, okay, where'd, you know, where'd Jesus go? Well, you know, maybe he's over there too. So they went and they got their boats. They got in the sea and boy, they took off to go across the sea looking for Jesus. And sure enough, when they get to the other side, they get over there and they're looking and they're looking. And finally, they, they found him. They found Jesus who they were looking for. And when they find him, they come up to him and they said, Jesus, when, when did you get over here? I mean, when did, you, when did you come across? We were looking for you. And then Jesus, he almost takes what's deep down inside their heart and he hits them with it. It's their, it's their own thought. It's their own feeling. He hits them with it. He says in John chapter 6, uh, verse number 26, Jesus answers them and said, Verily, verily, or someone would say, we could almost look at that and say verily, or, or truly, or very important. When Jesus says that, he's saying, look, this is a very true saying. This is important. I want you to key in. Look what, you know, it's almost like he's saying, okay, pay attention. I'm going to teach you something. Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, it's like, look, I know you're looking for me, but you're not looking for me because of my power and because of who I am and what I did. Ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. So basically, Jesus just looks at these people and says, look, you're not coming to me because of who I am. You're not looking for me because you want to worship me, because you want to honor me. You're coming to worship me because you got your bellies full. And that's what you're looking for again. That's what Jesus is explaining to them. He looks, he looks deep down in their hearts and he sees what they're thinking. Could it be that maybe these people, they were just hungry again and looking for another meal ticket? Could have been. Because that's what Jesus looks at them and he says, Hey, you're coming after me because your bellies were full. That's why you were following me. And so he says, ye seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. So then he continues on. Labor not for the meat which perisheth. Don't follow after me just for this bread and this fish. Labor not for that reason, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man gave you. For him hath God the Father sealed. He's saying, look, don't work for this simple stuff that you're going to have for a little bit. Don't work for this food that you're going to be filled up with and then, you know, a few hours later you're going to be hungry again. Don't follow me for that. You need to be working for and looking for 
the spiritual food, the spiritual filling. And we're going to look at the difference between these two, and we're going to look at the difference of, of following the Lord for the right reason. So what we're going to learn is this. We need to make sure tonight that we learn that we don't let the blessings of God be a distraction from serving God. Don't let the blessings of God be a distraction from serving God. Here's what we're going to see. These folks, they were looking at this wonderful miracle that Jesus had done, and boy, they got food from it. Man, that was a wonderful thing. You know, that's a blessing of God. But because their bellies were full and it felt good, they missed out on the fact that Jesus was trying to do something good for them. Jesus was doing something amazing. Jesus was working this miracle, and they missed it because of their full bellies. So number one, what we're going to study tonight is this. These folks that were following after Jesus, they were, number one, doing the good thing. They were this. They were following Jesus. They were following Jesus. So we, we see these guys, after they had seen this miracle, what were they doing? And this is, this is kind of to show you how, how we're like they are. They were actually seeking after what Jesus had for them. They were following him around. You know, have you ever, have you ever lost somebody and then you try to go find them? I remember one time, I was a little boy, and, and my parents and, and I, and I think there were maybe some other people, I don't remember a whole lot about it, but I know it was definitely with my parents. And it scared me so bad. It has scarred me to this day. I was probably only ugh, maybe six, seven, something like that. I was pretty young. But I remember I was in this huge crowd of people, which I guess to a little boy, it probably wasn't all that big. But in my mind, I remember it just people everywhere. And I was with my parents, and we walked out of this door, and we were on the sidewalk. And so I looked over this way for a minute, and there's all these people around there. I remember I looked this way, and then I realized, where's mom and dad? You know, <laughs> they're not here. Mom! You know, wh where'd you go? And I got scared. And boy, I started looking all over the place for like that, that was the only thing I was thinking about. You know, when you're looking for something, when you're looking for someone, that's what you're focusing on. That's what you're trying to find. Folks, these people, they were doing a good thing in that they were looking for Jesus. They wanted to follow him. They wanted to know where he went, right? They were there all day listening to Jesus teach, listening to Jesus preach. They got to see the blessings of the food that Jesus provided for them. You know, I've got a sneaky suspicion that's probably the best bread and fish they've ever eaten in their life. The Bible doesn't say it, but boy, if it come from Jesus, surely it was. And they got to experience this. And then the night came, and then I could just see themselves waking up the next day. Boy, I wonder what Jesus has got for me today. Let's go find him. And so, man, they're out. They're looking around. They're trying to find Jesus. They're seeking after him. And, and he's gone. Where'd he go? Hey, well, there's a discipleship. Maybe he's over there. And, and they wanted to follow God so much. They went and got their boats. And they rowed across this great sea just to be able to get to the other side. Just to find him. I mean, can, can you see how much they wanted to follow the Lord? Can you see how much they wanted to see what he was going to do next? You know, there are some that they don't care at all what Jesus is going to say. They don't care what he's going to do. They, they don't care what he has for them. But these folks, yeah, man, they had it right. They wanted to hear. They wanted to listen. So they were following the right man. And, and by the way, they were doing the right thing. I mean, that's, that, that we could say following Jesus 
that was the right thing to do. Uh, you know, the, the Jesus, he said to a number of people, he said, hey, I want you to take up your cross. I want you to follow me. He looked at his 12 specifically and said, you're going to be fishers of men. You're going to come with me and you're going to go where I'm going to go. But so these folks wanting to follow the Lord, they were following the right man. They were doing the right thing. They were going to the right place. And to kind of make a comparison, a lot of us, that's where on the outside, that's what we're doing, man. Boy, hey, I, I read my Bible. That's, that's a good thing. Praise the Lord. You know what? Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to church today, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn something. I'm going to take it. I'm going to use it and apply it to my life. Boy, praise the Lord. I'm going I'm to spend some time in prayer today. Man, I'm going to pray. I'm going to talk to the Lord. Hey, that's great. What are we doing? We're following after Jesus, that's, and that's a good thing. That is what we ought to do. So we would say that's not where they've messed up yet. So they were following Jesus, and it wasn't just that. They were actually working at it. They were, they were working at it. There are some people, they are a follower of Jesus in that. It's kind of like some of those people the Bible talks about in lip service only. And what, what that means is this. There are some people that you talk to, you go up to them and shake your hand. Hey, you know, I am so-and-so. Yeah, I'm so-and-so. Oh, hey, man, I just want you to, you're, man, you're a Christian boy. So am I. Oh, man, well, that's wonderful. Where do you go to church? Well, I haven't been to church in, you know, 20 years, but I used to go to this place over here, you know, and they'll tell you, oh, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm a Christian. And, and you know, it could be that they are a born-again Christian. We, we can't see their heart. But there are those that are a Christian in name only. They'll tell you, yeah, this is who I am. Yeah, I believe that Jesus is real. Maybe they do. But when you look at their life, you look at their actions, you look at the things they do, you'd never know it. You never see any difference because they're not actually working at it. So they may actually be what we would call a follower of Christ, but they're not doing anything about it. So these people here, we can look at them and say, man, they're following Jesus. That's good. And you know what else? They're sincere about it. They're willing to take time off of work. They're willing to go get in their boats. They're willing to go row to the other side of the sea. They're willing to take as much time as it needs to find what Jesus has. You know, there are some times that we can say that these people that serve in lip service only, it doesn't take anything at all to stop them from serving the Lord. I mean, it could be just, just the simplest thing, the simplest word of discouragement. It could be like, oh, you know, I'm just, you know, maybe I'm just this or I'm just that. And, and you know, today I'm just going to, I don't have to do anything for the Lord today. Just because, you know, I don't, you know, I don't this or that. You know, we can make excuses all day. But, but the point is this. It takes so little to stop. But with these folks, they were so sincerely with all their heart. They truly did feel it. And I believe that's where most of us are as well. They worked hard for what they were searching for. They worked for it. So, and this is kind of our question to us as well. So they've got these first two things right. Man, they were following Jesus. They were working hard to follow Jesus. Do we do that? I mean, you know, someone once asked me this. You know, what is it going to take to stop us from serving the Lord? What does it take to stop us from serving the Lord? You know, is it something that, 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 that we are sincere and, and that we love the Lord so much, there's nothing that's going to get in the way. You know, and, and I've got some illustrations of things, but, but, but for the sake of time, we'll not go into those. So we see that they were laboring for the Lord, and they were, uh, they were truly following after Him, and they were working on it. But this is where our main point is. I know I did these first two pretty quick. 
They were following Jesus. They were working to follow him, but they were doing it for the wrong reason. They were doing it for the wrong reason. Look what Jesus said to him again in verse number 26. And then Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. You did eat of the loaves and you were filled. So here's where I think we will never really know where each other are because you're talking about motives. A lot of people, they do good things, but they do it for the wrong reasons. And most of the time, on the outside, all we're going to see is the good stuff. We can't see why people do good things. Usually we just say, oh, man, they they did something great. Man, that's wonderful. I'm glad you did it. But deep down on the inside, they could be doing it just because it makes them look good. Or they're doing it deep down on the inside just because maybe it actually makes them feel good. Oh, it makes me happy. That's why I'm going to do it. You know, it could be that they're doing it for the wrong reasons. So the first point about the wrong reasons is this, for fleshly satisfaction. For fleshly satisfaction. They were following Jesus. They were working hard to follow Jesus. They were searching for Jesus so they could get a full belly. Not because they actually cared about what God had for them. So, where do we fall when it comes in this, in, in this progress, right? Are, are we ones that we say, yes, I follow the Lord. Good. Do we say we actually follow hard after him? Are we sincere? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm sincere. Good. But do we do it for the right reason? You know, there are some people, they'll name the name of Christ just because it's a good thing to be called a Christian. Hey, it's, man, it's a popular thing to be called a Christian. If you're, if you're some kind of politician and you're going to take a stance, man, hey, that, that might even get you some voters. You know, you, you call yourself a Christian. You, you, you're going to go to this church, man, you'll have people vote for you for that reason. You see, it's someone that's naming the name of Christ for a good thing. And by the way, sometimes God himself, he gives blessings to his children. But I don't serve God for the blessings. I don't serve God because things are going good. I don't serve God for for fulfillment. And we've talked about this man before, but I'll mention him because he's the perfect example. In the Old Testament, there was a man named Job. And from what we understand, while it's not the first Bible in order... It's the first book that we understand was written. And the story of Job, he was this man that was wealthy beyond compare because God had just so, so blessed him. He loved the Lord and and the Lord loved him. The Lord had given him cattle and land and houses and, and his big family. And then in a matter of literally minutes, it was gone. I mean, his children had died. His cattle had all been taken away. His servants had been killed and everything was just Just gone, poof, in a matter of seconds. And then Satan, he looked at it and said, look, all this stuff's gone now. He's not going to serve you anymore. Now, Job, he did ask why. He wondered, and he did mourn, and he did grieve. But the Bible says that Job, his heart said this. He said, the Lord's the one that gives, and the Lord's the one that takes away. God is still good. You see, Job had it figured out. Job wasn't serving God because God was giving him stuff. Job wasn't serving God because he wasn't out on the street, because he had a nice house. Job wasn't serving God for the good things. Job was serving God because he loved God. 
Job served God because he knew who God was. There was a man, I've told you about him. He was a man, he was from Haiti. And, and he couldn't understand. Just Maybe it has something to do with, uh, with a different mindset than the way Americans do. I don't know. And that's not a, uh, a nationality thing, just you know, a cultural thing. He could not get past how sometimes bad people get good financial gain and they get wealthy and how good people, how sometimes they just end up poor, broken, sick. He couldn't understand it. And he was asking me, he says, you know, I I just have a hard time believing there's a God because of that. You see, he was missing out on the whole point. The point of serving God is not because of how much I'm going to get. Okay? Folks, the Bible says that, uh, that the blessings, that they fall on the just and on the unjust of the Lord. Sometimes good things just work out for bad people. But what we understand is that is not why we serve God. Well, well, what's the reason? How come I can't serve God for that reason? Look at verse number 26 again. Ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat. Don't search for me because of the food. Labor not for the meat which perisheth. In other words, it's going to die. You know, I can give you blessings. God says, I can give you good things. I can give you fish. I can give you bread. But that's all going to be done and gone away with soon anyway. Folks, the blessings that God gives us here on earth, while we're thankful for them, and while, man, man, we're we're so grateful for how God takes care of us, it's all temporary anyway. I mean, yeah, God, He might bless some people with such great financial gain. But they're not going to keep it. You know, the Lord has blessed me with a warm home, and I'm so thankful for, for a place that I can have my family where when it's 20 below zero, they can be warm. And that's a wonderful blessing. But that's not why I serve God, because even that one day is going to go away. It's not going to be there forever. So, so why would I invest all my time into just those, those material blessings that I'm hoping God's going to give me? Right? That's, that's why I'm in this. That's why I serve God is just so I can get more stuff. No, that's the wrong reason because all that stuff is going to pass away. So some would do it for, for fleshly satisfaction. Maybe they think being a Christian will get them somewhere. Maybe they think it will be good for a business deal. Maybe, uh, maybe they, that would get them a good relationship with somebody or whatever reason. We don't serve God for what we get. So look what he continues to say in verse 27. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life. He's saying, look, here's what you're going to work for. You're not going to work for the blessings of these these things that you might get, but you're going to work for something that's going to last forever. You're going to work for something that's going to be a blessing that'll be around even on into when you're in heaven. He's saying those are the things that we work for. And he actually relates that to his miracle in verse 25. Or excuse me, verse number 26. And he said, ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles. Folks, that's what we're looking for. We are seeking after God. We are following God. We're working for God for the spiritual blessings. That's kind of what the miracle really is. 
While a miracle might make itself known physically, it's something God did in the spiritual that we can't understand in the physical, okay? So we're looking at what Jesus did, and we, we work for the things in the spiritual. When we see somebody that comes to Christ, they get saved, and then one day we get to be in heaven with Him forever, that's a blessing that's never going to pass away. Think about this. Think about someone you know right now. Maybe that person is lost. Maybe they've never had a time where they've come to know Jesus as their Savior. And then, boy, you get to open the Scriptures. You get to show them how Jesus loves them. And they trust Jesus. And they trust Him as their Savior. One day, you're going to get to be in heaven with that person. And you get to experience that blessing for all eternity. Man, see, that's something totally different. That's much better than a, than a house that's here for a few years. That's much better than, than a full belly for this one particular meal. That is everlasting gain. Folks, that's our salvation. That's, that's the salvation of others. So here's where we mess up. And this was what I kind of introduced to you at the beginning of it all. We can't let the blessings of God be a distraction from serving God. Those men and women that were in that boat and they were coming across the sea looking for Jesus, trying to find Him. Yeah, they were looking for the right person. They were doing the right thing. And if they would have come just to be able to kneel at His feet and say, Master, teach me, they would have been doing the right thing for the right reason. So they did all the stuff on the outside. Everything looked good. But was on the inside, Jesus looked at him and said, I just fed you and that's why you're coming back. You are coming back just so you can have another full belly. Folks, this is what we can't do. We have to make sure we serve God, not just because, well, coming to church makes me feel good. Not just because all oh, people know that I'm a, I'm a Christian. They know that I go to church on Sunday and, and they know that I do my best. And boy, that makes me look good, doesn't it? No, not just because of how I feel or how, how I look. No, I'm going to come to church. I'm going to witness. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to follow God so I can get those eternal blessings, so I can get those spiritual blessings, so I can labor for that meat that's going to last forever. Look at the end of verse number 27. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Folks, those things that Jesus gives us that are everlasting, they're sealed. They're never going to pass away. That's what our salvation is. You realize that our salvation is sealed. It's done. The death of Jesus Christ on the cross, it's already happened. That's not something that can be lost. That's not something that can suddenly one day go away. That death of the Son of Man... Jesus is the one that gives it to us, our salvation. For Him hath God the Father sealed it. So I want to ask us all this question tonight. What is it that we serve God for? Do we serve God so we can get another, metaphorically speaking, another full belly? Do we serve God because of, of just what, what I'm going to get out of it? And I'll close this with this illustration. You know, I, I try to tell folks whenever they talk about marriage or, or if someone would ever ask me about marriage, you know, we've always heard, well, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. 
Right? Yeah, I, I had people tell me that. When, when, I was getting, when I was a young man, I was getting married, they would say, oh, you know, you got you to give 100%. What you put into it, that's what you're going to get out of it. And then they would try to give us all these other little, uh, all these quotes, you know. They would say, you, know, you should never go to bed angry and, uh, you know, always be quick to say you're sorry. And here's all these thoughts, you know. One of the ones that I try to give folks is this. I try to tell folks when you go into a marriage, you never get married because of what you're looking to get out of it. That's not the point of a marriage. You don't marry someone because, well, they make me happy. Oh, I married this person because they make me feel good. I married this person because, you know, it's just going to bring me so much joy. Well, well you're, you're marrying this person because of how it makes, how it makes you feel. And I want to tell you why that's wrong. See, we don't go into a marriage because of what we're going to get out of it because there may come a day when that other person can no longer give anything. You know, what were to happen, and to give a very real illustration, what were to ha- happen, say, for example, if, if my wife, if something were to happen to her where she could no longer do a single thing for me or the kids, I mean, she, if she weren't even able to walk, if she weren't able to talk, if I were to... Were, were, if I were to have gone into my marriage with that mentality, the moment that she is able to give anything to the marriage, well, well, it's done. I'm not getting anything out of it, so why should I even stick around? You see the point? You see, you see why that's wrong? Folks, when we go into marriage, we go to give. I am going to give and give and give. No matter what I get back, I'm going to give. Even if they can't give back, I'm going to give. I'm going to give everything I can, as much as I can, because I love. And so here's what we do when that comes to Jesus. We don't serve the Lord because of what we are going to get. We don't serve God so I can get a full belly. I don't serve God just so I can have peace, just so I can have blessings. Folks, I am going to serve God for those eternal everlasting rewards in heaven because I love him. Folks, he's my savior. And you know, it's almost like this. When we look at what Jesus Christ already did for us on the cross, already we're the ones that are sinners. Already humans, we're the ones that's messed up. It's not like he owes us any favors. But he continues to love us and to bless us because he loves us. And if he loves us, we can love him. And we can serve him for the right reasons. Not because what we're going to get, but we're going to seek after Him looking for those other everlasting, eternal rewards of salvation for others. I realize this was a little bit of a shorter thought tonight, but if we could, we'll have every head bowed and we'll have every eye closed. And I want us all tonight to go home thinking about this. Why is it that we serve God? That is our biggest question. I want to tell you there are many Christians that this is their, we could say this is their fatal flaw. Are they serving the right person? Oh, yeah. Are they, are they actually searching for Him? Sure. Are they working hard to search for Him? Sure they are. But they might be doing it for the wrong reason. I want us all this week to practice and to keep this thought in mind. Why do we serve God? Not because of what we get 
not because of the physical blessings, but we serve Him because we're looking towards those everlasting life. We're looking towards the future of what's beyond this world that we live in now. Our Heavenly Father, God, we love you. And Lord, I look at this passage even now. We think of these these folks. They were there. They were able to see the miracles that you acted. They saw the things that you did. They They saw you take just a couple bites of food and feed thousands. How wonderful it would have been to be there on that day. But Lord, even seeing the miracles, they were distracted by what they were able to get. They were distracted by their own selfish pride. I pray that you would help us to keep our own hearts in check. May we serve you for you. May we serve you to give you honor and to give you glory. Lord, may we do everything for the right reasons. And folks, with every head bowed and every eye closed, again, I never want to close the service without giving an opportunity to do business with the Lord. Maybe right now in the quietness of your seat, you would say the Lord has dealt with your heart about something. When you ask yourself that question, why do I serve him? What's your answer? Would you be willing to say that you could be like Job, that even if every blessing the Lord has ever given, if it were taken away, would you still be there serving? Would you still be there loving? Would you still be following? If everything else were gone, let us make sure tonight that we serve God for the right reasons.